2: To the a special 160 second episode of Social Suplex Podcast about AEW with a for Positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. Yes, this is starting off weird. You are hearing my voice. Uh, there is a special reason for that. And before we get to the, uh, that reason, I'm going to. We have a special guest this week. Our frequent collaborator, one of my tag team partners, and probably the person that I speak to most on this earth it is Mr. Jr. Perez. How are you doing today, Jr.
1: I am doing well. Um it's been a while since I've been on the show as I think um everybody knows that we've kind of essentially get back to our normal and with that in the last pre I can't remember the last time I was on the show but um this whole last summer focusing on getting uh, my summer program up and running again, which were which was successful, again the new school year started. Last week was our first day of school. Everybody's beautiful faces are back on campus, you know, thousands of students everywhere. So it's been uh, a fun, adventurous time uh, at my university. And then on top of that, uh, I was able to finally, after a three-year wait, to get overseas to Europe, a chance to visit London for UFC fight night, as well as taking a progress show. And then got a chance to head out to Paris to visit the sites in Paris during the summer. So it was a very eventful last few months. So it's good to be back talking to you guys some AEW wrestling.
2: Thank you for joining us, JR. I just like with it being All Out Weekend, and we're going to do the All Out Preview at the end of the show. Well, as much as we can preview, which what much has been announced. Um, I really wanted to have... You on or you knew you on to make the show just feel a little flueler. And last but not least, my co-host, the really the voice of this show. Uh, You know, I talk about loving him, but he had a bit of a rough week. So I'm going to go ahead and mute my mic and Austin take it from here.
0: Hey, guys. I don't know how um, you guys have uh, spent your week. And quite frankly, at this point, I don't care. Because right now, I'm not in a good place. I'm really not. And I'm sure most of you probably already know why I'm not in a good place. And you know what's coming. But we're just going to we're gonna take things slow for a second, all right? We're just going to take, take, take a little bit of time before I fly off the handle like I'm going to. And also... It's quite funny about how last week we made the joke about like, wow, Austin's being a little bit more negative than usual. (laughs) That's so funny. I was negative last week, was I? You don't know negative. And AEW obviously seemingly wanted to test how far they could get me to go. So let's continue down this road a little bit. We'll preface this, and I'm going to make this a little bit longer. But also, get the shilling out of the way. Listen to us on Google, Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify. Give us a share. You can leave a rating and a review. You can follow us on Twitter at at Elite Pod, At Social Suplex, make this show possible. I am at Austin Sumowitz. I'm not spelling it. You should know it by now. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. At, on Twitter, and Jr. is at Lucha Professor. So that's that. The shilling is done. So, of course, we're going to talk about all AEW-related stuff on this show and Dynamite. And I got to say, Dynamite had some good stuff in it. And they actually did a lot of good things leading up to what I'm about to mention right now because I can't hold this back at all. We got a lot of good things. Floyd, I know, had a very nice night on Wednesday with his FTR boys getting a little bit more of an idea of what was happening at all out. I'm sure he was very happy. And as a Michigan man, I was also very happy about that. And we'll get to that when we get to that. However, after we got through a few other things and we got to, uh, the secondary main event wasn't even the main event. That's how I'm fucking wasn't even the main event, but regardless we had the, my man, CM Punk, the AEW World Champion, facing off against the interim champion John Moxley, and CM Punk went for a head kick in the match, re-injured his foot. Moxley proceeded to lay into CM Punk, hit two Death Riders. In pinned Punk in 3 minutes and 10 seconds. 3 minutes and some change to become the new AEW World Champion. I am on the show for this episode because I am contractually obligated. I do not want to be here. I do not want to be around anybody right now. I have secluded myself from all contact on social media, on anything. Because, and I mean this with all sincerity, this is the worst thing that has ever happened in this company. And I am done. I'm straight up done. You spent how much? How much money to bring in CM Punk? We barely passed a full year since CM Punk returned to wrestling after seven years, since he decided to grace this company with his presence and actually have a little bit of a money draw on it. And now, you give my guy less, little over three minutes and you take the AEW championship in his first title defense and it wasn't even in the main event. And it was on free TV. He got like a few punches and a kick. One of the greatest kicks I've ever seen. Bobby Fish can shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear from Bobby Fish on, oh, your kick is wrong. Draw money. Draw money and then talk. All right? Draw money and then talk. You gave him three minutes. You gave CM Punk three minutes before you knocked him on his ass. And I got no word on what Punk's doing on, Don, on All Out. I got no word. It's his hometown. It's the city that the second city saint made. And I don't know what he's doing at All Out. I got to listen to Rampage. I turn on Rampage. Oh, there's a reason why I don't watch Rampage, because we get to see them fucking hammering the home of all CM Punk's foots hurt. Oh, and Cleveland, Ohio. I... There's a reason why, as a Michigander, I hate the state of Ohio, Cleveland. You especially. That city has fucked over CM Punk so many times. Whether it be UFC, whether it be WWE, pushing him into a corner, and making him have to walk out with all the bullshit that he went through. Cleveland, Ohio, is garbage and will always be garbage. And you are number one on my shit list. And you will forever be like that. So bad. I LeBron am... lifted twice. I just had to throw that. Ex- ex- yes, exactly. Now, Floyd, don't interrupt me again. <laughs> I'm not playing right now, though you do make a good point. This is the worst thing AEW has ever done in the history of their company. It nearly got me to stop watching. And hell, with how well WWE seemingly has been doing, I almost jumped ship. Because that's how mad I am right now. And it's been nearly a full week since you guys are listening to this, and I'm still not over it. And we are just a few days away before All Out in Chicago, Illinois, at what was the Sears Center and is now the Now Arena. I still don't know what CM Punk is doing, and I want to know now. So this company has severely pissed me off, and they have to do a lot of fucking begging and pleading and fucking making up to CM Punk and myself if they want either of us to come back. Because you do not piss off your money draw like that by giving him a three-minute match. I don't want to hear nothing about the backstage fucking drama with the people who need to act like adults and realize that CM Punk is the man who sold out United Center on a fucking rumor. Act like adults. Know who here. Know who's here. Who's making money. Act like adults. I want everything in that locker room to have a full cleansing and understand that your locker room leader is CM Punk. Your money draw is CM Punk. Your true champion in this company is CM Punk. And I will not stand until this is fixed. And if it's not, buy all out. If I don't get some fucking reclaiming of what that man is owed, what that man is truly deserved, I'm leaving the show. It's that simple. I drew the line in the sand right now. You fix CM Punk now? I leave the show. I'm only here right now because I'm contractually obligated, and I'm doing this for my friends. You will not get any more kindness out of me. Fix this shit now. I'm done. Hey, yeah, everybody. That, now, that
2: was Austin, and he was rightfully upset. Um, I was... Um, we're gonna get into me and JR's reaction. Actually, let's go to JR first. JR, give me your unfettered direct reaction i actually know it because you know we were talking afterwards but let everyone know your direct reaction to the match which is if you want to call it that mox versus cm punk
1: um i think the my immediate reaction was i couldn't believe what i just saw and i i'm I'm gonna say two things. Before the match, like the the hours before proceeding, I had a conversation with Floyd knows this at Floyd and talking about every possible finish that could occur. It was a double count out. Oh, it's gonna go into a Chicago street fight at all out. Um, oh, it's gonna be um a time limit draw, maybe they'll do an Iron Man match. Uh, you know, every possible scenario outside interference. And they gave us the one scenario that nobody on God's Green Earth saw coming. And I actually was stepped away from my television. My television uh, in my living room is kind of uh, a little bit blocked by a wall in my kitchen. And I kept turning over as I was cutting something. I was getting making dinner as I was watching Dynamite. I was like, "Oh, this match is going to go like forty-five minutes." I Floyd had we just said how this match is probably going to go an hour, and and I kept looking and looking, and all of a sudden I'm like, "Holy shit!" He just hit him twice with the with the Death Rider. and I see three, and I'm like, "What the hell just happened?" Um, I I don't I probably the last time I was that shocked was uh, April 2014 when Brock Lesnar. Under, uh, broke undertaker street um when the uh by far the in my opinion the biggest shock on uh cable television wrestling cable television and I have no idea how long
2: yeah this is the most shocked I've been since Cody and Brody. Um like I figured I remember when Cody and Brody I figured Cody might lose But the way he was just dominated and just dispatched by Brody Lee was just amazing, and I was shocked. And I kind of felt the same way. I was like, well, that was the way to go. And I've been big. I talked about last week how, you know, ratings have kind of been stagnant for a while in AEW, you know? Just those same people watching, and I am very much – a proponent that I know more people than what's reported watches the show because a lot of the people I know don't watch the show in a recordable way. Just put it that way. So I'm saying the more people watch the show than what's reported, but it's been kind of stagnant, you know? And I was like, maybe they'll, I was talking about, maybe they're trying to do something shocking to wake up the audience, to get people talking to it. And man, Let me tell you, this is all people have been talking about all week. I had a friend who started, uh, messaged me. First thing he said, I don't watch AEW. But what they did was WCW, beginning of WCW level bad. Now, I'm not going to honor that with me even talking about it because I thought it was such a ridiculous comment, even though I do love my friend a lot. I just thought it was, I didn't agree with the comment at all. I... But this person that doesn't watch AEW was talking about what? AEW. My wife heard about it from someone at work. She lives with me and she heard about it from someone at work. My friends, literally, my friend lives in Tulsa, which is about an hour and a half away, drove here to be here in the room so we could all watch this match together. And like this was going to be this amazing match. And Mox kind of just did what a person in that situation would do. This guy that's been fighting every week, hasn't been in fighting shape, is like in a vicious mode versus a guy that unfortunately had been over the shelf for two months. There's gonna be ring rust. You know, I remember uh, something I compared it to, and I'm not, I know there was the injury part of it but something i compared it to is after ronda lost to holly holmes holly home uh she went home and you know she went through her things and she trained and she came back like a year and a half later and she's going in there against amanda Nunez, who's a monster who's been killing people and it's just like you don't work off ring rust against monsters mox is a monster. That's not who you work off your ring rust against. You wrestle someone else, and then you wrestle Mox. And, you know, unfortunately, CM Punk found that out the hard way. Uh, it broke my heart because, it, I mean, there's a lot of... There's a few records that were set. Shortest uh, shortest title match in AEW history. Shortest title reign as AEW world champion. Shortest AEW world title match. And it was just like so many different things and it happened to the savior the second city savior it happened to CM Punk and basically AEW's biggest draw and in that market that is the establishment of the fact like the, the kayfabe is like you know you 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 can't come into a match not ready when you are going against Mox and if you're looking at the other side of it you have to watch every every episode of dynamite you do not know what's going to happen. We are we we. Yes, we've done things where you were predictable, but we'll throw in a wrench every now and then. I love this idea. I hated that who would happened to, because I'm a big fantasy and punk. But good lord, the perfect person to do it, uh, Mox Lesnar. That's what he is right now. He's Mox Lesnar. So, yeah, that's how we open the show. That's how we open our show today. Now we're going to go through the rest of the uh, Dynamite uh, review. I'm going to hand it back to Austin, I think, and he's going to take us through, and we can skip past that. We don't have to bring that up anymore, Austin. So, here we go. I- I- I'm handing it over to you gently. Don't bite me.
0: <laughs> okay show opened with Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia facing off. And the Your Wrestler chants, I gotta say, were great. And this was a great... AEW doesn't open promos. Open the show with promos a lot of times. And this was a really great way of opening it. Daniel Garcia was outstanding on the mic in this moment. And the way that he talked about how the moment was special and Jericho ruined it. And Jericho was trying to just really be that toxic person where he's like literally opens with, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Like the best possible response that he can make to somebody who is like, yeah, you're my teammate, but also like stop being such a bitch. Um, and he talks about how screaming for the fan, screaming for him to say he's a sports entertainer. And regardless of the fact he wouldn't say it. And then he had, uh, Brian Danielson come out and he was talking about how great he was. And these people think he's a wrestler. Jericho says, no, you're a sports entertainer. Garcia is like, stop it. And he's like, my mentor, my hero are making me make a decision in public. He's like, I don't want to hear from anybody right now. He leaves. And then da- Brian Danielson talks about like, Hey man, that I don't like sports entertainment that much, but that was pretty entertaining. And then Chris Jericho proceeds to go out and challenge him to a match at all out brian danielson versus lionheart the american dragon versus lionheart and right before that jake hager ambushed him and that was the end of the segment it's a great segment thought it was a great way to open the show and i thought that character work was great this was like some of the best character work that they did on dynamite in a pretty good amount of time thought it was great yeah jr your thoughts
1: one thing to say is well two things one i think it's important when you start the show dynamite is to have uh names like brian danielson and as much as that pains me to say jericho because you're gonna aw as we all know is still young three years three years as a company so when you get people to turn over and i don't think people realize because i know Floyd and i talk about it but like you know the big Bang theory actually. You know they have a pretty good amount of viewers. So when you see names like Jericho and Danielson, that's more household names. It may keep people to continue watching what AEW is offering. So I, I will always encourage AEW um, for you know to con- continue putting this you know some of these stars to open the show, to you know help with the ratings now. Uh, I look for. I love Brian Danielson's work in the AEW. Everything he's done, I've loved it. I, um, I've grown to love him. His mic skills, his promo skills. Uh, I mean, obviously, you don't have, you don't have to. not say anything about his ring work. It's impeccable, and I can't wait to see Brian Danielson stretch the hell out of Jericho on Sunday.
2: Well, I really love this. Um, you know. Now, some people say, hey, I'm here to help make new stars. Some people execute it. And I have to say with Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson, they have done everything in the last month or so to make Daniel Garcia a star. And I think it's worked. Uh, This whole you're a wrestler chant at, at Daniel Garcia was just like this moment in the sun for him. I you know and it's just like that was really good. I, I've enjoyed all his matches with uh I, I've enjoyed all his matches with Brian Danielson. So I'm glad that it's uh, moving on. The fact that we get the Lionheart Chris Jericho versus uh the American Dragon Brian Danielson makes me very happy. I'm very excited to see this match. I think uh it's gonna be very violent. Very physical, and you know Chris Jericho keeps showing that he can. Whenever he needs a match, whenever, he, uh, whenever he can, always show up. He can always get his match across. He can always get his point across the storyline he's going. I am interested to see where Daniel Garcia goes. It uh, goes because I don't know if he's going to enter enter into the uh, Blackpool Combat Club or if he's going to stay home with the JAS. But his future is bright no matter what. And I think he can thank the two veterans for that. And if you anytime you tell me I'm going to get Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson, like a match that I remember first seeing as um, episode of Tough Enough, where uh, Chris Jericho actually, I believe, beat Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan at the time uh, with uh, the Lion Tamer. So it's like this is coming a long way from when they wrestled the first time. So I'm looking forward to this.
0: Speaking of things that Floyd is looking forward to, uh, we got uh, more info on what FTR was going to be doing uh, after Dax Harwood went one-on-one with Jay Lethal in a very great singles match. Dax continuing to prove why he's so good, even outside of being a tag team wrestling specialist. He continues to shine in his singles matches. Uh, despite that fact, however, Jay Lethal grabs Harwood's trunks and rolls him up and gets the pinfall, uh, thanks to uh, Sanjay Dutt distracting uh, him when he had Lethal and the sharpshooter. Um, and afterwards, Sanjay Dutt talked about how the match at All Out would be a trios match, but he never said who the other two wrestlers will be. Jay's partners will be the Motor City Machine Guns. Fucking Finally, finally, the Motor City Machine Guns are in AEW and doing stuff in AEW because you want to talk about uh, a team that has had history with the Young Bucks, a team that's had history with like people related with AEW. Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin, yeah, those two have definitely had history with those guys and have history despite never wrestling uh, FTR, and I think. Them finally coming to AEW is amazing. Trio's match is a bit of a weird way to have him in, but regardless of the fact, I'm so happy that they are going to be at All Out. I'm so happy that they're having a match in AEW. I love the Motor City Machine Guns. Literally one of my favorite tag teams. I'm biased. I'm from Michigan, but they're outstanding. And this was a huge, huge moment. This was the thing that had me going and so excited for Dynamite before they ripped my fucking heart out. But I want to go to Floyd first on this because we know he was talking about how oh, upset he was okay. with our FTR. He has to. I mean, this man was vindicated here. Let me tell you. So maybe
2: this was the plan all along. I, I, I honestly think it was the plan all along. But it felt like they had listened to the podcast and how disappointed I was of the match we were getting. And they said, you know what, Floyd? Hold on. We got you. TK look, say, hey, we, I got you. Don't worry about this. Motor City Machine Guns. Now, they were AEW before AEW existed. Their tag team style, how they work, the excitement, them and Generation Me back in the day. A lot of the way, the foundation of what would become the AEW tag team division was those four people. So, these two men are like the most exciting uh, tag team ever. Just they get over and get pops from just pointing at their hand. It's amazing. So I am really looking forward to this because this is if you want to go like AEW versus impact, you, I mean, you know, uh Black Machizo and you know, old Jay Lethal, you can't get more impact than he was at at a one to point in time. And then probably maybe I don't know. America's most wanted beer money. Motor City Machine Guns, you can argue those three teams as the most important tag teams in the history of TNA slash impact, but I'm, I'm going to go with Motor City Machine Guns. So FTR continues their year of facing legendary tag teams. I know this is in a six man, but come on. Come on, does TK ever let us down? You know this is eventually gonna be a tag match. Maybe it's on the he next He let R- me down. He let me down, <laughs> Floyd. <laughs> Maybe he's on the next ROH pay-per-view. Maybe it's at the end of the year. But uh what's it called? Is it best in the world? The, what's it called at the end of the year? I don't know what R.O.H.'s last show of the year is called. It's a final December, battle. Final battle. There you go. Maybe it's a final battle. Maybe it's on Bound for glory, you know? I don't know. But, you know, tax and cash fight anywhere anytime. They're, they're scheduled to go to the UK in a little bit, but the fact that this is, you talking about a legendary talent, Jay Lethal legend, and then you got on one side, the former Pinnacle, and they keep calling themselves the Pinnacle, and because they keep dropping that Pinnacle thing, I'm, I am have some thoughts when we do the uh preview of All Out at the end of the show, but because of this, I just think this is going to lead to an amazing... Like, even if Nothing happens, even there's no further storyline or anything. This is going to be an awesome six man match, which this show seems to be setting up a theme of awesome six man matches. JR, tell me what you think about it.
1: Um, I'm going to preface this by saying, ladies and gentlemen, this is the opinion of JR and JR only. Uh, uh AT is not responsible for what I'm about to say, and so at I- as I say that because my opinion, I'm going to say this quickly, I think AEW for the last at least three pay-per-views have been putting on like weight. They're getting to like WrestleMania where like everybody has to be on the card. And I'm like, not everybody has to be on the show because I think it takes away some what's special about pay-per-views like must watch, you know, entertainment and sometimes when you get those pay-per-views in my opinion i feel like it just drags Where it's like can we just get to the main event already and we gotta get Wardlow on this show we gotta get ftr on the show um and i this to me is like like you can't be mad that you're getting ftr motor city machine guns so i'm not upset because this is gonna be great but i'd rather have just To like Murder City Machine Guns versus FTR, but I think really what's even the more injustice is what has happened with the TNT title. Since that TNT title has been was established, including the finals at Double Death in 2020 with Cody and Lance um Lance Archer, that title has been defended at pay-per-views a total of three times that pay-per-view, double 2020. Full Gear 2020 with Cody and Darby Allen and All Out uh, 2021 with Miro and Eddie Kingston. That title, in my opinion, has been passed around like a hot potato and has not been put in meaningful storylines for a while and very few since the inception of that title. And um, I think Wardlow has had that title when he got it after Double or Nothing 2022 and has not done a whole lot with it and i think it's time that he gets some spotlight that's solely on him as a champion as he should because i just i i, I don't feel excited what's going on with that title and with Wardlow, and um that's all i gotta say about it uh, but i am excited to see what ftr motor city machine guns do when they get into the ring and I'm just gonna be honest. I I like Jay Lethal. I've always been a fan of Jay Lethal. But him and Sanjay and Sodnom in AEW as a as a group, they have go away. He with me. Like I really just don't want to see them on my TV. I actually said if I was in an arena, I would not want to be in the same arena with them. Let alone watching them in the
2: ring. I want to okay. say I have to say this. At least FTR is on AEW pay per view, which is. This is the first AEW pay-per-view of the year. Uh, that is uh, hard to believe. Hard to believe. With especially how hot they've been in. They've been on two ROH pay-per-views, which are under the AEW umbrella. But AEW has this, um, you know, cachet of great pay-per-views. And they ain't got to be on the show except, you know, celebrating with Punk at the end of Double or Nothing, which was an amazing celebration and an amazing moment. But the fact i was like i remember i was kind of like i'm not happy i want a straight tag match but i'm like man they beat me down and i was like it got me to at least they're on the show at least they're on the show they are on the show so i'm i'm happy about that and i'm gonna just take that with me my my boys are on the show back to you
0: Mm. mr austin I will, I will pass it back just for one split second because I want to say there was a little bit of controversy related to the AEW video game about how reportedly FTR was not part of the main uh, starting roster. I believe the idea that they're pushing right now is that they're going to be DLC. Um, Floyd, I just wanted to get your thoughts on any of that.
2: You know what? I purposely didn't post because I wanted my first comments to be on the show. But I also wanted to leave time to hear from FTR because people have a hair trigger on Twitter. You know, they hear something and let me react really loud and really aggressive. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit back. I'm not going to get mad. I'm going to sit back. Cause first of all, FTR, they said this today, but I knew this and I actually said, I don't think they care about being in a video game. (laughs) Like, oh why'd you take us out you know you know we were in it and you took us out maybe we did something wrong or whatever I could see that but they eh, don't really care about being in a video game Dax is now I think Cash plays but I don't think Dax is much of a gamer so it wasn't that big of a deal so I'm like you know I shoulder stroke because the game has a creator wrestler character I, you know I, I would do it that way but of course I want FTR on the uh in the game so I waited and then Yep, we saw their statement like, we're not mad, don't be mad for us, blah, blah, blah. Professionals, that's how professionals handle bad news. I want to throw that out there because other people somewhere in, in this company have been less than professional. But FTR showed you how professionals handle not getting what they want, bad news, all that stuff, they did it the right way. And yeah, now we're at this situation. Yes, I do want them on the release. But I can honestly say, I was more concerned about Cody not being on the game. I really was. It was like Cody was one of the foundations of AEW. So I would have been more upset if I found out Cody wasn't in the game. And now I know Cody's in the game. So it's like, I'm good with that. And then if FTR's downloadable characters, that's even awesome. Please have their first intro on there. I know they love the Midnight Express theme. But yeah, that first thing, that was my shit. That was my shit. So hopefully they can have that first intro on there and uh, the Boston Celtics gear that they had when they fought the Young Bucks because that gear is fucking awesome.
0: Okay. Awesome.
1: Well, can I add something real quick. Go ahead. Uh, so if I, I'm gonna steal, uh the line from Lance Storm. If I can be serious for a moment, uh, I, I think uh, I have this uh, gimmick of where I'm like this cranky old man where. I constantly, uh, like, say, fuck the Young Bucks because I'm very pro-FTR, and I'm like, hey, yeah, Young Bucks are burying FTR. Um, and I kind of embrace it probably a little bit too much. But the one thing I do know a little bit um, from talking with some people who are, uh, I would say, like, affiliated with the gaming industry. So um, I think the one thing is, as... If you're in the game that FTR, you know, I think some people are concerned, it's like they may miss, like, let's just say, like a bonus check, you know, for their marketing, merchandise, licensing rights. But the one thing I do know, though, because I know a little bit about gaming, is how important DLC has become to the video game industry. And in a lot of ways, DLC makes up a significant amount of profits for. For video games, whether it's Madden uh, Ultimate Team, or if you have, I I think, I don't know if Call of Duty is still popular, but I remember they had like downloadable maps. Um, And, you know, whether you have your phone, like in app purchases, that has become a significant source of revenue for the video game industry. And, uh, you know, playing Devil's Advocate, one could think that, hey, if, if FTR is, you know, as our, as hot as they are, you know, we're gonna sell this game for fifty nine ninety nine for uh, like PS4 and Xbox One, and we'll sell I think for PS5 is like sixty nine ninety nine. But we're gonna charge maybe four ninety nine, nine ninety nine for the rights to download um to download FTR as a playable in-game character. Um, that's exactly what WWE two K has done. Mortal Kombat has done that. I think when Mortal Kombat first came, I I wanna say it was Jason or Freddy Krueger. I think it was Freddy Krueger was like a downloadable for one of the Mortal Kombat games on PS4. I paid $10 to be able to use Freddy Krueger in Mortal Kombat. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's there's a lot of money to be made for downloadable content. And, you know, if that's what they, you know, did end up telling FTR, uh, like, hey, we're gonna end up releasing as as a, as a DLC character, And you know we pay you a percentage for every time it's downloaded. Um, They could be, you know, making a lot more money on that side than if they were just putting the game on the initial release.
0: All right, sounds good. We then move to uh, uh, unfortunate news uh, backstage with the AW Women's World Champion Thunder Rosa Uh, being interviewed by uh, Tony Schiavone, being uh, informed that she. Is injured and will not be able to defend the AEW Women's World Championship at all out. So she's going to uh, miss the show and there's going to be an interim champion crowned. And she hopes that Tony Storm wins it and she will be the interim champion. She hopes that will be the case. Um, but she said she will be back, she will be coming back and come back stronger. And the match was announced. Uh Tony Storm versus Dr. Britt Baker DMD versus Hikaru Shida versus Jamie Hayter in a fatal four way to determine the interim women's champion. Um I will say um I love everybody that's in the match. I'm so glad Sheeta's back because God knows we need women baby faces right now on the roster. But I have to say because even though I do love this uh I do love this uh feel that they have for this match, what did Ruby Soho do to you? Like did she do something wrong? Did she hurt somebody? Why does she get nothing? She gets a little match on Rampage, a mixed match, a mixed tag match with Ortiz to face Sammy and Ty. That's what she gets. She doesn't get a match on the pay-per-view. She literally fought for the AEW Women's World Championship at Double or Nothing this year. Like, what did she do to you? I don't, I don't understand what has happened for them to not have Ruby Soho be one of those people that they're pushing. I understand they need to have the balance between baby faces and heels, and Jamie Hayter works with Dr. Britt Baker, which adds an interesting element in that regard, and having Sheeta back as, like, hey, former champion, someone who could be a favorite to win the match. But, and Tony Storm makes all the sense in the world. Everybody in the match makes sense, but all I'm asking is, what did Ruby Soho do to you? I just, I want to know. I would like to know why she just is nowhere near that picture again. I understand she lost, but I just, I don't understand why AEW seemingly just isn't interested in pushing her like that. I just, I don't get it. I really don't. Like, I don't think she's bad. I think she's good. I just am confused. Maybe someone here can answer that for me because that's the one thing I took away from this. While yes, I hope Thunder Rosa gets healthy again, and I hope she recovers as soon as possible. It's a fucking huge blow, huge blow to the roster. This is a really bad one, um, and I hope she heals up exponentially quick. Um, and you know what? Tony Storm, who will mostly – that's my prediction to win the match – you make a star out of Tony Storm if she wins the interim championship? Absolutely. Absolutely you make a star out of her. But what did Ruby Soho do to you? Like Tony Khan. What did he do to you? What did she do to you? Did she slap you in the face? Did she call you out for your shitty booking for CM Punk losing the AEW World Championship? What did she do? What did she do to piss you off? JR, you can go ahead. Um, you
1: know, I I agree you know it seems that Ruby so obviously Ruby so made her debut this time last year in in Chicago for all out and she had a you know a quick rise and the scene kind of flamed out um and it's sometimes it feels like with some talent that they're the flavor of the month and then once they're you know they don't have anything for them. They put them back on the shelf until they can figure out what to do with them. And that's unfortunately when you have a roster of that size. Uh, the one thing I will say, and, and I will also like to say, preface this because I think it's important to say it is um, if when Thunder Rosa gave her interview, if that's what she wanted to do. She was comfortable with that um, because she's either the greatest actress in the history of television or she was. Very shaken up because she looked extremely emotional. Um, so if that's all she wanted to do was do that quick segment, then you know, I mad respect to her. But I just gonna be honest. Like, when do we get to the point where sometimes we get just just some level of equality? Because we went through this. Ex- I, I don't want to bring up old wounds for you, Austin. But we went through this exact same thing with CM Punk and CM Punk did a 10 minute promo and thunder got 45 seconds backstage to do that I'm not saying she you know to do a 10 minute thing but like you know we couldn't do like a four minute segment a five minute segment of saying hey this is the situation I, I think back when when Becky Lynch broke her nose and and they were gonna pick you know Charlotte to replace her to go against Ronda at Survivor Series 2018, like I mean, just something where it just seems a little bit more of an importance to the to the gravity of the situation. I mean, I even go back and look two years ago. Uh, you know, I remember when when Cody was a TNT champion and he was going to wrestle Jake Hager, and they had this like cold backstage press conference set up. And then they were then it came to All Out 2020. And we're doing this champion versus champion match between then champion AEW champion women's champion Sheeta and then NWA women's champion Thunder Rosa, and it was done backstage in a bathroom, like in a in a pre taped segment. And I was just like, just come, just I'm I'm again, I'm not saying like it had to be ten minutes, but just something to where you can fully grasp the gravity of the situation and just kind of put more of importance on this on her being champion, her being out with injury and then creating this interim situation. And, um, to add, I kind of circle back. I think what they could have done is add also add Tay, uh, add, uh, Tay Mello and, and Ruby Soho made it a six woman, you know, situation. And, uh, cause like I said, they want to get everybody on the card. So why not make it a six woman? And they could have basically brought brawl down to the crowd and not been part of
2: the finish. Well, To address Jr. first, I love Thunder Rosa. You know, the shirts, all the stuff I buy from her. I love her, love meeting her, love talking to her. Ball of energy. She's a terrible promo. So one minute, two minutes, five minutes, it doesn't matter how much you gave her. It would have been terrible because she's a terrible promo. It is what it is. Like, I can handle the fact that she's an amazing wrestler, has amazing gear, amazing music, has an amazing energy, knows how to tell a story in a match. There's one thing she's not good at. And yeah, yeah, you give the mic to CM Punk and let him do that for 10 minutes. Because CM Punk can uh, think on his feet, he can address the crowd, he can control the audience for 10 minutes with his words. He is the cult of personality. Thunder can't do that. So just to give equal time or half time just to give it, I think that's a waste for me. But it does suck that Thunder is injured. We've heard many rumors about backstage problems with her. All I can say is I hope that all is addressed before she comes back and we can just get, you know, wrestling because I prefer to worry about what's on the screen and what's on presented on Dark and Elevation and Rampage and Dynamite instead of hearing everything's going on in the dramas of the professional wrestling world. So, heal up quickly, heal up quickly, Thunder, come back, get your defense Hey, you might want to learn a lesson. You might want to take a warm-up match or two before trying to get your belt back. Just throwing that out there. But we are looking forward to Thunder Rosa coming back in full strength. And I am also looking forward to the title once again going back to the only legitimate star in AEW's women's division, Dr. Britt Baker, D M. Okay,
0: we... Can you say
1: you're a podcaster for positivity and bury Thunder Rosa? I'm just, I just wonder, like, uh,
2: okay, just saying so I bury Thunder Rosa by saying six positive things about her and then one negative thing. Yeah, yep, that's me burying just her. Saying. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm really, I really <laughs>
1: poxies,
2: focusing <laughs> on the positives.
3: Yeah, I, I, that's, why I I s- negative.
2: that's why I said the six positive things first. Before I said, though, one thing she happens to be bad at.
1: That's my boss tells me. You gave her a shit sandwich.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on, we had Billy Gunn go one-on-one with Colton Gunn after what happened last week where the Gun Club turned on Billy. Uh, Stokely mm-hmm. Hathaway watching the match from the f- front row. Who's Your Daddy Chance were great. Loved it very, very much. Um, despite the fact the match was very short and Billy... Proceeded to uh, get uh, uh, into this match, and then Colt Stokely Hathaway took the acclaim's boombox and attacked uh, the acclaim from behind. Colton Gunn hits a Colt forty-five, and Colton Gunn pins his dad. Stokely Hathaway is very happy about it, and then he hands Billy business cards to Colton Austin, officially like getting him them into uh, Stokely Enterprises, as I'll call them, I guess. Uh, the tag team champions Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee come out to even the odds and they help up, uh, Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. Uh, even though afterwards I will say I'll skip right ahead to that because where we, they said Keith Lee offered them the challenge for the belts. Anthony Bowens and them was like, we don't need your charity. We've already proved in yourself ourselves that we're going to take those champions because ev- ships, because everything, everybody loves He claimed. I gotta say, um, I dig this match. I dig this match announcement for all out. I think it's pretty cool. Um and I think they should do a really good job. I think it's a big moment for the claim to be able to get this spot. Um, yeah, the the there's not really a ton to say about the match between Gun and Gun because it was pretty quote, quote pretty uh, short and as as is. Um, but yeah, I mean, you guys can talk about the announcement of this match it all out and then just the little bits and pieces of Stokely Hathaway get involved and just what your, what your thoughts were Jerr go to you
1: um i it was very interesting i will say this about the match cuz i have never seen a father versus son match and i think this may have actually been one of the like official like wrestler versus wrestler, father versus son match. Um, Since a six man tag that occurred back in 1999 between uh, Perro Aguayo and his son, the late uh, Perro Aguayo Jr., um, that occurred in um, at Triple Mania in Mexico, where they were opposite sides of a tag team. So I, I just kind of thought that was kind of crazy to see that that you know that to actually win something like that even even feels brief. Um, I'll just say quickly on the match that we're getting to all out. you claim uh, by far the biggest homegrown act uh, is in the tag team division in AEW, and so it's uh, people love them. You hear it. I-, I know I've seen them. Floyd Floyd's been a more fan fest than I have, but when I saw them at full at full geared in Minneapolis, and I think they were there at All Out Chicago last year. And then I saw them in Vegas. I mean, you just saw those lines grow. Like people are, like people have been getting behind them. People be getting behind Max Caster and his raps. People love Bowens. Like it, and I think people, if they win, they're going to be, um, it'd be w- one
2: of the biggest pops of the night for sure. Um, you know why they call him Swerve? Right, because he's swerving FDR. That's all I got to say. He's getting out that way because he don't want none of that. I uh, just want to throw that out there. Um, no, I'm really excited about this match. I love Max Caster. Love Anthony Bro, Love the acclaim. Looking forward to the wrap. But uh, you know, it, I, I, me and uh, one of me and Austin's favorite series, movie series, is Rocky Three. Right? And you know, mm-hmm. Rocky Three. You know, Rocky, they show, like, Rocky's beating all these people. And, you know, and then you know, and then the manager, Mickey's like, well, are you telling me you're fixing fights? It's like, no, they're good fighters, but they're not killers. You know what I mean? That's how I feel about the claim. They're good fighters. They're not killers. <laughs> they're not killers. So, yeah, they put them up. Keith Lee, Swerve. You get wrapped. Get you get everybody into it. Keith Lee and Swerve get them a little win. But the Killers. The Killer is waiting. A, 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 a killers waiting. Club of Lane is waiting. He's in the six-man match that night. Don't worry about that. Club of Lane coming. You're going to feel the pain. But I am looking forward to this tag team match. And uh, Stokely, the big the group that he has together, he has four right now. Moriarty, uh, Ethan Page, and you haven't really seen either one of those since they joined the group, and now you got the Gun Club, so I like to see where this is going with the Stokely Enterprises, and he also has Jade and the Baddies, so he has a nice little group, and I, you know, I love this about Stokely, because he's one of the best on the mic, he's so funny, he's got these amazing expressions, so I, it, this means he's gonna be on throughout the Dynamite episodes, and I am looking forward to that because this man is hilarious best follow on twitter if you happen to be listening and you don't follow him it's either him or Nyla like it was easy like for me it was like clearly Stokely in WWE and clearly Nyla in AEW and now they're both in the same company I don't know who's funnier and I don't think you have to but I don't know
3: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah Dr. Britt Baker, DMD versus Kylan King was next. A nice quick win for DMD. And with this being in Cleveland, of course, uh, the Steeler herself had to start railing down Cleveland a bit and bring out the terrible towel as well. Um, Because Browns, um, congrats on being the new Steelers in that regard of your quarterback. And she's like, oh, it's a shame about Thunderosa, But remember, when I was champion, I wrestled with a broken wrist because that's what a champion does. Tony Storm came out, and then Jamie Hayter proceeded to uh, follow her and uh, hit her in the back. Uh, And that's when Sheeta comes out, and she chases them off and teased an all-out. Good little moment there. Uh, I don't have much else to say. This did what it was supposed to do for building up for the all-out match, which was very, uh, like, I mean, it was a a thrown-together match. I mean, it was a... uh, thrown together match for Dynamite because they had to build towards this match that they did, weren't expecting to have on All Out. So I think it did what it needed to do, and it was solid. Um, JR, you got, any th- got anything to add?
1: You know, the, I will just say this. When you look at these four women, um, I mean, I, I don't want to discredit Sheeta, but I, I think there's no way she wins this. Um, I... The what do you hear is that the I guess for rumors was that Tony Storm was scheduled to win, but there's I feel like there's like this crescendo building under Jamie Hader, where like, like I don't see it. I just but it's like something you feel. It's hard, very hard to explain. Where like people, you feel like people want her to win, and if she wins, like it's unexpected. But it's like when she finally like I guess. Essentially, they look at her turning on Britt Baker like they they want that. And uh, I don't know what direction they're going to go. You know, I don't see how, you know, either way they could go wrong. Um, But it's definitely going to be an interesting match on Sunday with with these four women and what even even if the outcome is the same and and if, you know, Tony Storm does win and you, still, you can still get to Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm, just what could occur in that match is going to be extremely interesting.
2: All I want to say is Britt Baker wins. I just want to throw that out there, but I really did enjoy this segment. I, you know what? I, I can honestly say I would not have a problem with Sheeta being the first two-time uh, women's AEW champion because... She didn't get a crowd for most of her run. You know what I mean? She she was the champion during the pandemic. She carried the title well. She carried it with respect. She brought some prestige to the belt, but she never, you know, got a lot of crowds. Like her first real big crowd was the match where she lost the title at double or nothing. So, um let's go. I I wouldn't mind she having it. Of course, I am rooting for Britt Baker because I just think she's the biggest star in the company, but uh
0: yeah. Sheeta. all right well then after those things we had of course what we already talked about which was the worst thing that ever happened to history of AEW and television altogether we'll skip right past that Christian Cage uh comes out
1: I, I just would like to say uh I will say this you know at least at least Cincinnati finally got a champion you know as a as a LA Rams fan I'm just at
2: least Cincinnati finally got their champion that's you know, he was champion before this. I'm just throwing that out there. Just saying. So they've already had it. Devin Floyd, don't take away my, my, my joke. <laughs> it was just a Jeez terrible Louise. joke. <laughs> it was just a terrible
0: joke. All right, continue, Austin. Thank you. <laughs> Christian Cage came out and talked about how he extended an olive branch to Jungle Boy and he uh, challenges him to a match it all out. He's like, Are you kidding me? He's like, You can't do that at all out you're gonna find out that I'm an anomaly I'm special Jungle Boy, I accept your challenge um so we get jungle Boy versus Christian cage. I think it's a great match. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think it'll be uh, a great story that they tell as well um and we'll get I think we'll get into more talks about that and the rest of all out as well okay. um after once we get to the the predictions and stuff like that from what we have at least. Uh, Ricky Starks was next, and he got out, cut a great promo. Ricky Starks is one of the best promos they have in AEW, especially babyface promos right now. Um, Yeah, a a quick
2: question based on this. I've seen this thing. If you have to build a company around somebody for the next 10 years, would it be uh, Garcia Or Ricky Starks. I don't know why you pick these two people. They're not really the same age or contemporaries, Right. But that's the one. So I'll ask you, Austin, really quickly. I know.
0: Which one would you pick? I think that's a weird pairing that people would put out, like, that you would choose between those two. I think they're two very different talents and different in what they offer. But I say, like, in terms of young guys, that you build a company around, I think Ricky Starks is the guy you build a, co- a company around. Like if if he you give this man, I swear, like a year or two, like he has got charisma oozing out of him. He's a great wrestler. He's a gr- he's just got a great uh, presentation about him. Like I am, I'm so happy Ricky Starks bounced back from when he was injured and kind of having trouble finding footing in Team Taz, and when the pandemic hit and just. He dealt with an injury and he had a lot of trouble finding his footing. But since since then he has just exploded in terms of being like one of the guys that I think is a huge like like if like obviously like if we're if we're treating AEW like a fantasy, he wasn't a guy that you drafted, but he's a guy that exploded on the waivers, and you want to get him more than anybody else, if that makes any sense. But Ricky Starks, I think, would be that guy. And again, this promo that he had on Dynamite absolutely showed that as well as he challenged him, challenged Will Hobbs to a match at powerhouse Hobbs to a match at all out. He has this energy,
2: which I agree with you. Uh, He has this energy uh, when he's on the mic that feels over the top. It feels like to me, attitude era ish as in how he controls the crowd and how he, how he exudes a confidence on the mic um, so you know, I've heard people compare him to The Rock, but I think he has a different energy than The Rock. I mean, I just think it's a, like a passion. It's something a fire that comes through and it's just yeah, that's why I would take him over Daniel Garcia right now, because I think Ricky Starks can talk you into a building. I think Daniel Garcia probably for me, it's based on the type of wrestling I like, would better be the better like twenty years. But over the next ten, Ricky's I think Ricky's about to come into I mean, he's already in his own but about to be featured in AEW. So I think it's he over the next two years, it's gonna be something to watch. JR
1: Um it's I think I'll say this, I think the reason why people are like put this pairing together is because it, I in my opinion, I think they perceive them like Oh, these are like the young. These are like the first kind of. They're sorry, I'm stammering. They're featuring these two young guys around the same time, and it's like um, Daniel is about 224 and Ricky Starks is 32. And just put this in perspective: um, Ricky Starks at currently is older than when Triple H and The Rock won the WWE World Championships back in. 1998 1999 uh, so like i think you said it right floyd is that ricky starks is should be in a position to actually be a featured act because i don't you know don't know where he would be in four or five years whereas danny garcia has a lot more years left than the tank so i just don't think people like we, i think you and i had this conversation like how wrestling age is very weird like you know how people perceive it compared to any other sport but um i think that's the reason why is because i think these are two young guns that being each at the same time where it's like ricky starks is like you know he's almost a decade older than than daniel garcia
0: all right okay and um Moxley talked afterwards. Honestly, the only thing that was good about it was that great meme line that has become the new Twitter video that goes around, which is the, oh, I'm sorry, was that not how that was supposed to go? After that, I didn't listen. Quite honestly, like if I'm being straight up forward with you guys, I didn't watch the rest of the show after Punk lost. I turned it off. So the main event match, the trio semifinal match for the uh, AEW Trio's title match between Death Triangle and United Empire, I did not watch it. I still haven't gone back and watched it. The only thing that I have watched was what happened when the show went off the air with Kenny Omega going after Will Ospreay. That was the only thing I saw, and that's because it was on Twitter. So I did not see this match, and I have not gone back to watch this show. So, uh, Floyd, if you want to break down this match, you can. I'm sure it was great. sure it was wonderful. Didn't watch it because this show ran me off by this point.
2: Okay, so I could talk about the direct match, or I can tell you something that has never happened in my life that happened because of this match. Now, I often bring up my best friend, Jason, often bring him up on this show. He's very much a casual wrestling fan. He watches, you know, when it's home and happens to be home and its own, and he watches, right? So we have been friends since I was 12. I am 41 years old. And uh, I've never heard this man mention a star rating, ever. And, and I don't mean that. And it's maybe I forgot. No. I've never heard this man mention a star rating. This match ended. He calls me about 30 seconds after this match ended and said, I don't know what a five-star match is. I've never rated stars or anything. He said that first. But if that was a five-star match, that was a good match. I like that match. To me, and I will let JR elaborate on his feelings, that is literally all you had to say about that match. It that match was that match was uh of your creator. JR.
3: Uh
1: I will say two things. I while I'm not as passionate as what it is, I thought it was a very fun match. Um not every style is for every wrestling fan. I think that's one of the good things about AEW is that it's a smorgasbord. There's something for everybody to enjoy. There are things that Will Ospreay and Ray Phoenix does that I that they each do respectively that I enjoy. There's some things that they do that I don't enjoy. Um there was a lot of spots and sequences in this match that I enjoyed. There were some that I was like, yeah, that's cool, but that's not for me. Um but I definitely respect the talent in the ring. The one thing I will say, it, um, it has nothing to do with the match itself, it actually was after, is I have no idea what the ending of Dynamite, what they were doing. There was a lot of chaos. None of it made really made sense. They had a, too much going on at once. Um, I will respectfully say I don't produce television, but sometimes less is more. And I think uh, they should have focused on, well, Osprey and Kenny Omega, because that's the storyline that everybody cares about right now. And whatever was going on between Andrade Roosh and Dragon Lee probably should have been like an AEW YouTube exclusive because that was a distraction. Because it was so com- so like convoluted, that ending.
0: Okay. I well, honestly
2: didn't even pay attention to the ending. It was like I saw that they kind of jumped him and I just took it as that. They beat him up for quote-unquote losing and they kind of drove it home on another episode of a show, but
3: yeah.
0: Okay. Well, that was AEW Dynamite, the worst AEW Dynamite I've ever seen in my entire life. We will move on to Rampage, which is already the worst uh, Rampage I've ever seen in my entire life because they wanted to show CM Punk in pain, like, as a selling point of the show. Fucking thank you, I guess. Um, and it opened uh, with another trio semi-final match between the House of Black and Dark Order. And, yeah, I saw that Best Friends were watching in the front row as well, with Dan Housen as well. Um, the match ended up having uh, Alex Reynolds, John Silver, and Ten as the uh, three Dark Order members that were competing, and they faced off against Brody King, Buddy Matthews, and Malachi Black. Um Ten's knee brace was a big part of the match, too, as they were really focusing on on that. Um, and uh, they were going on in this match and just tearing house at, uh, throughout this match. Um, basically, after uh, the match was going on, however, uh, Ten was in a knee bar. Malachi Black gets distracted because Miro's music hits. Alex Reynolds rolls up Malachi Black and the Dark Order get the upset win over the House of Black in this trios tournament match, which shocked the hell out of me. It stunned me, I will say, because I thought House of Black was one of the sure-ins to be like going far in this match, in this tourney, but guess I was wrong. Miro with the distraction, and House of Black come after Miro and start to beat the shit out of him, but then Darby Allen and Sting come out, and then they force those, two to, those three to retreat. So I like the fact that Miro is consistently trying to make the House of Black's life a living hell after what they did to him and how they tried to coerce him. I think that's great. Big win for the Dark Order for the fact that they're now going to be in the final. They're now uh, moving on into the Rampage finals of the uh, Trios tournament. I think that's a huge deal for them. And yeah, match I I thought was a a pretty cool way to open up the show. And I like the fact that they got some bigger names on there, like Miro to show up on Rampage
2: yeah a uh, really good match i like as soon as uh ten came out and it were i mean it, okay again uh just this quick shout out when you do the uh thing where it's like you have the dark order and you have a mystery spot there, people think it's actually gonna be a mystery or a big person. I'm just saying don't do that it's 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 such critique it's just like so just put ten on the graphic, let ten come out right. You know, 10 came out. Evil Uno said he was going to be in Germany anyway. So it's 10. Then there's no disappointment. They put on the match. 10's got a uh, knee brace on. And as soon as I saw the knee brace, I was like, I know exactly what's going to happen. We're going to talk about it later as we get into our uh all out preview but I was like dude like it was like there I've seen it online but I saw it immediately I think I said it to JR like while we were on the phone but he was barely watching the show but yeah really good match it was a good match it was like it was a good tv match it was like critique for rampage right give this much give this match almost as much time as you gave the other match and rampage instead of putting four matches on on the show do 3 and let them each just be bangers and just let them be amazing and let them have time to work like I watched Rampage I watched I have never missed a Rampage not one and but this one felt like you tried to get too much in so nothing really felt special JR Yeah the um, the one thing
1: about Rampage is
2: I b- believe
1: this one was taped, right?
2: This was taped.
1: Okay. So I know, like, there's a few. I think the only one they do, like, the Battle of the Belts is, like, where Rampage is live. Um, and I don't, and it's always kind of tough with tape because since it's taped, you don't know how much of it's edited or not edited. Um, and when it's edited, the, the flow of the match could feel different than how the actual the flow of the match was. Uh, the one thing I say, and I say this all the time, and some people think it's just like, oh, you just like him as a person, but I fucking love Alex Reynolds and John Silver as a tag team because they have this sequence of spots, and I first noticed it when they years ago when they took on uh, Cody and and Matt Cardona had his brief AEW run, and it's just uh, it's a series of strikes, and I believe Alex Reynolds, I'm trying to remember if it's if it's um if it's a, a, a inverted atomic drop into uh, a belly to back su- suplex but I just think it's badass when they do it and I think John silver is a fucking beast and I want to see them uh, i mean I want to see them win the six the championship because I just think they their cost I think people would um you know really would love them and and um embrace them uh, so they're badass i can't help it. and the one thing is going to the end when Miro came out um they there was a sequence where uh buddy murphy was going after him and i swear Miro picked him up and threw him in the air and looked like he flew like 20 feet in the air i was on the floor i was on the phone with floyd and i was like holy fuck and uh floyd thought i don't know if it was like he playing my game or something but I was like, dude, Buddy Murphy was flying in the air on that entrance stage. It looked like a
2: nasty bump. Yeah, it was a big, it was a
0: big bump. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on. FTW champion Hook was backstage and asked about Angelo Parker and Matt Menard. Said he didn't care about them. And then that's when those two walked on and threatened to take the title away from Hook. Cute. I mean, that's a backstage segment to get Hook on uh, Rampage, since that's where they're kind of showing him mostly right now. We had a TNT Championship match between Wardlow and Ryan Nemeth. How do you think that went? Um, Wardlow was insulted, and then he just proceeded to just beat the shit out of him as Chris Sabin, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh were watching. Uh, Yeah, it was a squash match. That was what it was.
2: Two boys from Cleveland, baby. Got the crowd into it.
0: Oh, cool! Oh, cool! All right, hey guy, anything to add, add to this? Because I don't got nothing.
2: <laughs> I added my part. That was it. Okay,
0: Jerry, you got something to say or no? I'm good. Cool. Andrade family office was interviewed. Uh, they were asked about private. Uh, they were uh, Andrade told private party to be careful about losing, as everything has confidence consequences. And he said, "Just ask Dragon Lee." which was a nice little thing, I guess. Uh, we then had powerhouse Hobbs facing Ashton day to give him a little bit of work to build to his match with Ricky Starks, beat the shit out of him. Another squash match. And then backstage, the factory jumped Ricky Starks, QT Marshall, then proceeded to take his watch and just wrap it around, uh, uh, his, his, his uh, knuckles and knock out Ricky Starks with that, so even though Powerhouse Hobbs wants nothing to do with the factory, they're still going after Ricky Starks, like, on his behalf, I guess, to try to get him to reconsider, maybe, I guess. That was what I took away from it, at least. Um, so we got two squash matches in a row, and then some backstage segments before we got into another backstage segment, and then the mixed tag match before the uh, ROH title match, so we'll get to all of those, too, but Go to Jr. first if he wants to talk about uh, the segment with uh, Hobbs and how the factory were beating up on Ricky Starks. What are your thoughts?
1: I uh, why is the factory involved? That's just my that's that's my question. I I rather just focus on Hobbs and Starks. Like I guess more people need to be on television, but I just don't uh, I just don't understand. Hobbs and Starks are stars and deserve a spotlight on them.
2: Are you still talking, or did you just stop? I just stopped because that's all I had to
1: say because there's I'm Like saying. I literally I have nothing
2: to add to this. I kind of felt like that for a lot of Rampage, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, so that's that's that. And then we go to Jade Cargo with the baddies and accepting challenging Athena to a match. It all out, and then she charged at them and needed to be separated. So we get Jade versus Athena, which again. For the love of God, I'm begging you. Let us have Athena win this match, Um, and then we move to get
1: those hands.
0: You need babyface women's championships, champions on this roster. I'm like begging you. You can't have another Ruby Soho on your hand. I'm telling you. I love Jade, but Jade can be fine without the championship for a little bit, and with one loss on her record, she can be
1: fine. All I I know is, according to Jade, that Athena's gonna get, get these hands.
0: Yeah. Which hey, that guy's that person who's getting their hands. Uh, he might be being pursued by WWE. Huh. Interesting. We're they're bringing back all the control your control your narrative people.
2: They're just gonna have a faction in WWE called Control Your Narrative. Just let's
0: just cut. To Make that. it happen, please. I think that would be the greatest thing. All right, we'll go to the mixed tag match between Ortiz and Ruby Soho versus Sami Guevara and Ty Mello nobody honestly cared about this match because the thing that we, everyone was talking about was the fact about uh, Sammy Guevara calling out, uh, calling out Eddie Kingston in this match. And uh, that's when uh, Eddie Kingston came, uh, was... Uh, there was a lot of backstage stuff with this. Eddie Kingston was uh, called fat by Sammy Guevara in a heel promo. And that's when he jumped on the screen and basically threatened to knock the shit out of him. And apparently there was not a communication about how s- that Eddie didn't want anything about his weight to be said, and he swung on him, and there was a lot of backstage drama surrounding that. And that's honestly all people could talk about as opposed to this match, which, I mean, was a match. I mean, I love I, – I think Ruby Soho is great. I think Ortiz is great. Sammy and Melor are a great heel uh, couple. But nobody could talk about that. All people could talk about was about the Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara drama. So – I'll let those guys, I'll let these guys speak on that if they'd like, and then I can give my thoughts. Uh, do you want, who wants to take this first?
2: Uh, I will take it first. Um, I, I know people don't like Sammy for whatever reason, uh, his life, his face. I don't know. There's a lot of been a lot of reasons people don't like Sammy. All right. So people don't like Sammy. So this thing does, This thing happened to Sammy. He deserved to get it or whatever. I don't know. The way it was explained, and it seemed fairly explained the same from both of them. Eddie Kingston didn't like his promo. They didn't talk before the promo, so he didn't like his promo. And he got mad. And then Sammy, of course, has this kind of... He has a face. He has a face that I've said. it. He has a face that you can punch. And I guess that made Eddie, like, pie face him or whatever. I don't know. I've heard different different degrees of the story. Heard a punch in the face, five face, or whatever. I'm I'm guessing it was just a pie face. And Eddie Kingston got secretly suspended. I'm one of the weird people. Good call. It was a great call. It's, It's wrestling. You're adults. You're grown men. Use your words. Have a sit down. Have a beer. Tea. Whatever you drink calmly discuss your problems air your grievances someone apologizes or doesn't apologize and you move on uh it's just yeah you're grown-ass men in the workplace i know wrestling is the wild west but you know it's 2022 you know you gotta you gotta change with the times you know be professional sit down chat discuss your problems move on be men about it that's how i think jr
1: um, man, this this was a lot. Like, uh, I'm, I'm trying to see if I can gather my words and say this as effectively and efficiently as possible. Um, I, you never want to cancel a match because of this going on, like, because this is this was just ridiculous. Like all this, you know, behind the scenes stuff. But at the same time, like, it really, I think it really did a disservice though, because. Uh, one thing I will say to what you had said, Austin, like, I I saw Ruby promo, and I was like, you know, I don't care what anybody says about Ruby, whether you like her or you don't like her, I personally, I feel like everything she does is believable, like, you believe the emotion that she shows, and um, it just kind of, it was just very unfortunate, I think, for uh, Ortiz and Ruby to be in that position where it's like you know they hadn't been on TV in a while and this was you know they're getting prime time or you know or a good time on television and it's just kind of they weren't getting the respect that they um, earned. As far as the behind the scenes stuff you know I'm not a wrestling promoter I'm not a booker uh, but what I am is uh, I do work with humans and I am a, I am a manager and I do know the importance of communication, and it's extremely important to communicate, especially if things, if there is miscommunication, if people don't get along, but they, but you have to work with each other. Communication is key. Uh, it's important to respect one another, and I think Floyd driver says it is the wild west, but at the same time, um, it is a place of business, and you know, the people in charge cannot allow that stuff to occur. Because just like any other place in business, um, just like any, whether it's, you know, whether it's the NFL or at Major League Baseball, you know, there's punishment for that type of stuff. It's called conduct detrimental to the team. And, you know, it's punishable by, you know, I think in the NFL, and you wouldn't know more about this, Austin, than me, but I think it's punishable up to four games, so four games of suspension. So, um Hopefully that the people in charge, uh, talent relations, that they've um, hopefully aired out the differences and, fi- and fixed those problems. Uh, I will say, based on what I've heard um, that Eddie Kingston posted and what Sammy Guevara said, is that each person believes they're right and that's never good to try to solve an issue um, is – when you people need to be bygones, and I it doesn't look like it did based on what we heard. What the one of the matches are for all out, it's like they're going in a different direction than they originally intended to. So, uh, let's see what happens. And, uh, you know, as the UFC president, they might say, Let's see how this thing plays out.
0: Yeah, there you go. Um, and there was footage of punk afterwards being, uh, to by medical, basically saying his, how his leg gave out during the match and how it, how it, how like him giving explanation at least as to like what the injury was like when it to doctors and stuff like that. Great. Thank you for making your big money draw. Look like a fucking buffoon again. And main event of rampage was the ROH world championship match between Claudio Castagnoli and the dust in natural dust in Rhodes. Um, Love that Dustin was able to get this little match. I think Claudio and Dustin did a great job. This is just a really cool match for Rampage. Um, A nice little nod of just how good these two guys are. Continuing to give Dustin some really cool things as he gets closer and closer to, I feel like, the twilight of his career being over. Um, They did good. They did a really good job. Claudio gets the win. Um, I love Claudio as Ring of Honor champion. And I thought this was a great way to close out Dynamite in, in a Dynamite that, honestly, besides the opening in the beginning, there was a ton of filler on this on this thing. And um, but the opening and closer pretty good. And especially the closer, I will say.
2: Yeah, really good wrestling match. I mean, just two professional wrestlers. Um, I, I've heard someone say, and I honestly kind of agree with this, like Dustin can work. Uh, Claudio can work. But we've seen them wrestle like 120 billion times in the WWE. So how about them work, you know, other people? I was like, you know what? That's fair. I'm not saying the person is right, but I can understand what they're saying. I thought this was a really fun match. Dustin can go. You do have to work to Dustin, but he can still go. And I just thought this match was exciting. My biggest problem with this match is you never thought Dustin was winning. That's my biggest problem. And that's my biggest problem with a lot of, you know, wrestling. I, I, I'm consistent in this. I just want you to put up opponents that I'll be like, you know what? I could see them being the champion or I could see them winning. Never thought Dustin had a chance in this match. And it's the main event of Rampage. So if you're a person that, let's say, is casual, happen to be watching it, and you're like, ah, I already know who's winning this match, and you turn it off and go do something else. jr
1: i i, I said that i mean they're they are you know professional professional uh dustin rose been in the business since i think 89 and and to this day at 53 years of age can still go with the best of them and cesaro pound for pound one of the strongest guys in the history of professional wrestling and they did it but you know when you get certain matches you know what the outcome is going to be before it comes on. And sometimes that, I think, for fans, it takes them out of the match and doesn't doesn't allow them to, I guess, pay the respects that, you know, these two, you know, basically, you know, Dustin's a legend. And, I mean, Cesaro, when it's all said and done, will be a legend if he's not already. So um, that's just an unfortunate thing. And you know it's um, it's setting up to for something for Cesaro later down the road, uh, but it's good that they you know that to me it's more this was more of a respect thing for Dustin and uh, you know giving him the respect that he that he has earned for his career to give him a match like this on television.
3: Hmm.
0: For sure, and that was AEW Rampage. And then the final thing we're going to talk about is real quick. We'll go through a preview for what we have for Dynamite in Chicago for the week before, the week of All Out week. Uh, Brian Danielson versus Jake Hager. Uh, We're going to have Dr. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter versus Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm. We'll hear from the new AEW World Champion John Moxley, and we're going to have the Elite in the United Empire and the. Dynamite Trios final match for the AW Trios Championship uh, tournament, and that's what's been announced for that.
2: Yes, um, I'm really looking forward to the the Trios match. I think it might top the Trios match like last week. I mean, I know Kenny Omega's kind of working this injury thing, but uh, you know, I still think Will Osprey and all of them can let loose and get this get another maybe. Get maybe another five-star match. But that's the the thing I'm most looking forward to. Once they announce that match, you know, I had made the decision not to go until Thursday instead of Wednesday. I'm actually pissed about that decision now because I would (laughs) love to be in the building for that match. Again, no, I can't go to everything, but come on. It is Will Ospreay who right now, right now, August 31st, 2022, Without with Kenny Omega not like working to his full potential right now, probably the best wrestler in the world. As far as in, in, what I mean by that, for me, anytime he's in the ring, no matter who's across what type of match it is, it's probably gonna be my favorite match of the night. And when that if I can say that in my I have to say you're probably the best wrestler in the world. Because Orange Cassidy. The six man, you know, I've seen him against, you know, I've seen him against Okada. And, like, I've seen him against, you know, like, uh, there was a, a dude in the UK where I saw highlights of the match. I didn't watch the whole match. But anytime Will Osprey's in the match, no matter who he's wrestling, the competition, what skill level, it's probably going to be the match of the night. So what else can you say other than he's probably the best wrestler in the world?
0: I don't got anything to say, chair.
1: Um, the what? Two things. One is this has to sometime down the line. This has to set up a match in AEW between Omega and Osprey. Like these guys have been wolfing at each other, I think for like three years now. Like this can't be the only time that they touch. Like there has to be a singles match somewhere down the line. I just got to throw that out there. Like you know, I always see this. Like I always talk about money left on the table. Like. There is money that will be left on the table if these two guys do not have a one-on-one match somewhere down, like somewhere down the line in AEW. Um, the second thing I will say is, I know we're going to hear from the AEW champion, John Moxley, but like, what the f- is going to happen with this championship and all out? And because as of right now, as we're, you know technically recording which i believe it's august 31st central time already um and all out is in like five days we still do not know what's the status of the heavyweight championship in that pay-per-view
2: dude yeah it's just honestly it's so funny because people say that because there's nothing officially announced but in my mind mox versus punk is happening sunday i'm like when we do the preview, I was gonna say Mox versus Funk is happening Sunday because okay. it
1: is. Like, we're being comp- like, come on, like, <sighs> it's like kayfabe, man. We're like being kayfabe about this. And be no, like, no, we don't but, know what's going on. I mean, you just you completely shit on me just being like, oh man, like, of course, like, yeah, I know it's no, like, I'm, everybody assumes it's Mox versus Funk. Yeah, I agree with you, but like, come on, man.
2: No, and that's what I'm saying. I wasn't. I really wasn't trying to. You know, I have no problem giving you shit. This was one time I really wasn't give you shit. All I was saying is that even, you know, kayfabe, not kayfabe, that's in my mind. That has been like the match. It's like if you don't get that match, you have failed me as a fan. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. I didn't mean to crap on you because that wasn't what, I, what also, I was going
1: for. Also,
2: also. that's what not what I was trying to go for. In that situation, you know, I enjoy crapping on you. Don't get me wrong. But not this time. I wasn't actually trying to this time. Uh, no, but, uh, yeah, I, we need this main event. We need this match. If it, if they don't, if it's not that match, it's, it's booking malpractice. No, I'm just kidding. Because, honestly, storyline-wise, I know we're going to rush back to CM Punk versus Mox at the show, but storyline-wise, he just had a match, oh, you know, a week ago where he can literally couldn't throw a kick because he couldn't support his weight. So you're saying in a week and a half, that foot has healed so much that he's actually going to have a wrestling match with Moxley?
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's not a wrestler like CM Punk. There is a reason why in the final years of his WWE run, he had a Wolverine-like fucking facial hairstyle. Because this man can fucking regenerate. He can reheal. He can come back and he can fucking beat the shit out of anybody you put in front of him.
2: Okay. Okay. All right. You know what? Let's go with that. I'm looking forward to the match. Um I have had this opinion that and I don't I don't think this is actually possible, but it's uh I have it in my mind that Mr. CM Punk is turning heel on Sunday. That is my prediction. And Where CM Punk goes, there's another three three letters that follow. So, I'm hoping those three letters follow old CM Punk over to the dark side. Um, It might not happen. It might not happen. CM Punk might just, you know, be, be victorious in Chicago, but good Lord. I mean, I love CM Punk. I love a lot of different versions of CM Punk, but heel asshole CM Punk, oh my God, it's God level. So, if we get a little bit of that, I'm down
0: for it. You, Jr. Th- do you got anything to say before I go?
1: Um, in my opinion, uh, I think what's a possibility is that they may do, um, which i don't... It's wrestling, so who fucking knows? But like, uh, you know, uh, an unsanctioned title match, where you know that or like. You know, we are not liable if you you know, CM Punk, you gotta sign us that, that basically waives AEW from all liability to, if you want your rematch at, at all out. And um, you know, I, I've heard that rhetoric about you know, he'll CM Punk and you know, there's a very similar situation that occurred at April first, two thousand and one at the Astro Dome in Houston, Texas, uh, WrestleMania seventeen. So if it's that way, like It would be by far, I think, one of, it would be the biggest, it would be the biggest hill turn since April 1st, 2001, and it won't even be close.
0: Okay, then I will say this. This is how you fix everything. You turn CM Punk heel. That's how you fix everything. You fix this whole mess that you've made yourself, Tony Khan. You fix this by turning CM Punk heel. People were already making the heel joke, heel turn jokes, because that's what caused the fucking re-injury. He overturned on his foot when he made contact with the head kick, and that's what foot—the plant foot—was the one that was hurt. So he turned heel. He turned his heel, and he got hurt again. That needs to happen. Yeah. Punk needs to
2: be heel. Yeah, and I think another good thing that they could add to the CM Punk lore. He should refuse to work in Cleveland from now on. Yes. Don't even show up. Don't even go to Cleveland. Yeah, they have a Cleveland show. He just doesn't show. And they'll be like, why? It's like, well, he left WWE in Cleveland. Mickey Goggle laughing in Cleveland. And now John Moxley happened in Cleveland. Don't go to Cleveland anymore. Cleveland is on his shit list. And like, Absolutely. And as a heel, like, you could build up to a big match where he's – Forced to wrestle in Cleveland. Like, he refuses to go to the city. That would be hilarious and amazing. And honestly, AEW, because they've been really good about sticking to their storylines. But good Lord. Yeah, Cleveland is on the shit list. Like, dude, he should get like a Cleveland, uh, like a Cleveland tattoo with an X through it. Like, he doesn't go to there anymore. Like, no, I, I just, I just honestly, when someone told me that, I like about the Cleveland thing, I was like, Motherfucker, they think of everything. And and that's truly, it was just like, as I, I was truly mark level 10 right then because I was like, really? Is that why they did it in Cleveland? <laughs> I was like, what? Who thinks of that? And this is like wrestling so easy. And you, it's just like, the, it's the details, man. And man, I, I, I'll tell anybody that thinks AEW is quote unquote in the mud. Come on. Be serious, dude. It's the best wrestling. It's the best wrestling on TV. It's not still not close. I mean, other places getting better. I have no problem saying that. But AEW is the best wrestling on TV and it's not even close.
0: And I will say AEW will will go back to being the best wrestling company in the world if they do write right by CM Punk. That's how you do right. Otherwise, at this point in time, you're not getting me to say much else like like in terms of like being the proclivity for positivity. Like I said, people thought I was fucking hard last week. If they thought I was hard last week, I'm sure you're enjoying this episode. Or at least my fucking misery. Um, we'll go now real quick to the matches that have been announced for All Out uh, this Sunday. Of course, the tag match for the tag titles, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee, Swerve in Our Glory versus The Acclaimed. Anthony Bowens and Max Caster, those. And then I'll go through all the ones that we have pretty much. Pretty much every match was confirmed for uh, everything except for who will be in the finals for the trios tag team title tournament. And and
2: they haven't told who's going to be in this mysterious ladder match.
0: Yeah, that is still said to be happening. The casino ladder match, which I mean, I guess we'll find out who will be in that match Uh, hopefully tonight, maybe on rampage though, though, we're going to have to find out who's in that match because that's what's we've, we've heard that the casino ladder match is still happening. So, um, I guess, uh, do you want to do predictions right now? Since we still have, we're not going to be able to have a show up until
2: all out's over.
0: Yeah. yeah, We get, I mean, and when we get to the six man
2: predict who you think is going to be in the finals and who's going to win it.
0: Yeah. All right. All right, so Jungle Boy, Christian Cage. This is a Christian Cage win all the way, I feel like. And I feel like they're going to continue this. And I, I I think
2: Luchasaurus comes back and actually turns on Jungle Boy now. Legitimately, yeah, because
0: yeah. they've still been like showing like little signs of how Luchasaurus, while he, yes, is back with Jungle Boy, he's still not the same Luchasaurus that we all knew and loved. So I say Christian Cage gets the big heel win, continues to establish himself as one of the top male heels in the company. JR, what are your predictions?
1: I fully, I fully support that.
0: Okay. We then have Ricky Stark's powerhouse Hobbs. I feel like they're going to give this to Ricky, honestly. I, I get that Like this would be a feud that you could continue, but I think they're going to try to get Ricky like going like for TNT title picture pretty quickly. I think they're going to try to move this a little bit quicker than you would think. So I think Ricky wins this.
2: I think you, to me... With interference from the factory, I think you go with Hobbs because the story is Ricky overcoming, uh, overcoming this big obstacle in front of him.
0: Okay. JR? I,
1: I, I support Floyd.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: All right. There you go. Well, we then have pa- Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho. Um... I feel like this happens with uh Chris Jericho losing thanks to uh he wants Daniel Garcia to help out in the match and then he refuses and Brian Danielson comes to him and gets the win and then uh Brian Daniel Garcia joins the BCC. That's my pick. So I got Brian Danielson winning.
2: I I got Brian Danielson winning too. I agree.
0: JR
1: I'm, I I think you should say this earlier. This storyline is either going to make Daniel Garcia either the big one, of the biggest baby faces in AEW, or one of the biggest heels in AEW. And I believe he will be become one of the biggest baby faces in AEW um, when he uh, joins the Black Blackpool Combat Club after Brian Danielson submits
0: Jericho. All right. We then had the Pinnacle, Wardlow and FTR versus Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. While I, I will say I love FTR, I would love it if MC, MCMC, MCMG or Motor City Machine Guns, I would love it if their first match on AEW, they win. It's going to go to the Pinnacle, and it's going to be pretty simple in that regard, though I do... Hope that Chris Saban and Alex Shelley get more work in AEW. Still, I would love it if they stuck around a little bit, whether it be in Ring of Honor or AEW. Doesn't really matter to me because I love the Motor City Machine Guns. All right, but, I'm going
2: to shock the world. Shock the world. I'm going with Motor City Machine Guns and Jay Lethal. Okay, okay. I'm going with either Chris Saban or Alex Shelley pinning Cash or Dax because that's the best story because that leads to them having a title shot at either them going to Impact or them going to the next ROH show. That's the story that's best, is FTR losing. But if FTR and Warlow win and FTR continues their undefeated on pay-per-view streak this year, I would not be disheartened by that. But if you want to talk about what makes sense, you and MCMG, they win the match, they challenge FTR, you do it, you do it in New York. You do it at the big show in New York. Motor City Machine Guns the FTR Dream Match at uh, Grand Slam. Let's go.
0: That'd be nuts. JR, go ahead. Well, I,
1: uh, I'm going to go with uh, FTR and Wardlow because for two reasons. One, I think Wardlow is going to hit the Powerbomb Symphony eight times on uh, Jay Lethal. But because FTR are, uh, you know, men's men, manly men, you know, they're def- They are the ones that are gonna call out Motor City Machine Guns, and they'll have a match somewhere down the line, a uh, a regular tag team match uh,
2: at a a venue near you, coming soon. Yeah, yeah. The Grand Slam thing just hit me. I mean, Grand Slam's gonna have twenty thousand people in the building. Come on, come on. TK, TK. Break. We're on the same break wavelength. MC MG versus FTR. All the initials. Let's get some fighting going.
1: I don't know if you have well, the same wavelength because you can
2: actually book. <laughs>
0: Ooh, all right. Jade Cargill versus Athena for the TBS Championship. It has to be Athena. I've said this over and over again. It has to be Athena. I've got nothing else to say. I've said everything I can say. It has to be Athena. Who wants to take in?
2: Oh no, uh, no, no! I think Jay, okay, I don't. I don't think they've heated heated up Athena enough to win. I think she should fail her first time, and build to the next time she wins.
0: See, I said that too about Ruby Soho the first time, and then they never built to the second time. So no. I'm saying right now because I don't I, at this point in terms of the women's roster, that's where I don't trust Tony Khan fully. You gotta do it with Athena if you're not gonna do a second time, which is what I'm currently thinking you're gonna do. So make it athena i don't care how like the build hasn't been as big as i would have liked it to be and given athena enough time it has to be athena
1: okay yeah i i think uh i think in their minds that they put a they put a lot of builds from the time athena debuted i don't think there has um i think that's sometimes that's part of the problem when people are not on television weekly or you don't have weekly you know segments with with these two um I do, I love Jade. I, I think, you know, Floyd says this better than I do, like, if Aliens came and they asked for, like, your greatest specimen, who would you, like, who would you give them? and be like Jay Cargo, because there's nobody that's a more, I I believe nobody more impressive than AEW, you know, just the look, the you know, the strength, the, the athleticism than Jay Cargo, but at the same time, I just feel like, you've got to get off the undefeated like it's time to move on. So, and it's once once we lose and then you can, you know, go in go in another direction.
2: Yeah, I think the way now I just thought about it, the way to do it, she's been having problems with Layla Gray. Have Layla Gray just turn on her and then Athena hits the move and wins the match. That's how you do it. And I'm and fine. Honestly, I'm fine I, if it's think, that way.
1: And and I'll be honest, like I felt from the from the moment that Athena Joined AEW, that she was the one that was gonna end, uh, end the uh, Jay Cargo streak.
2: She didn't end Oscar streak, so she's going for Jay. I see it. I see it.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's go cool with that.
2: No, they did. Like, remember that was the big thing is she wanted to be the one that ended Oscar streak, and yeah. then she lost to Oscar. And I think they were gonna put her over Oscar, and then Oscar got hurt, and they just you know did the whole relinquish the title thing. So, and then they gave it. To I, mean, it I think.
1: I'm gonna say this, and it's, it's not me like trying to like you know hate on any of like AEW women. I just never felt there was anybody in AEW that was gonna take away her streak. I think Statlander for a minute, but then unfortunately Statlander ended up getting hurt. But I think like you know I, I just think Athena's the hired hand, like she's gonna end the streak.
2: Yeah, I honestly thought it was gonna be like Sasha Banks, <laughs> yeah, for a moment, because you needed a big enough name to end the streak, and I don't know. It's like. I I you know if I'm in the building for Jade Streak ending that would be pretty cool but yeah Jade should never lose hey, she should be on Hey who
1: knows maybe Mer- Mercedes shows up on Sunday and and not uh in Chicago and not in Cardiff
2: Well we'll we'll know before then <laughs> we'll definitely know
0: <laughs> All right we then have the four-way for the Interim Women's World Championship: Tony Storm, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Jamie Hayter, Igarashi. Um I, I, I. While I do think Tony Storm would be a nice little move, I do think they're going to put it back on Britt Baker just because she is the safest bet right now. Jamie Hayter would be cool to see that happen too, just for like craziness factor. But I think it's going to be Britt Baker. DMD.
2: DMD.
0: There you go, Jr.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go with I, I'm gonna go with t- Tony Storm.
0: Yeah, I mean that was where I was going at first, but I just feel like they're gonna want to wait until Thunder Rosa is gonna be closer to be coming back, and then that's when Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa can face off again uh, for the title versus title thing. I think they're going to wait on that, though. Plus, I think it'll be a bigger moment if Tony Storm beats Britt Baker, as opposed to her just winning a four-way. Um, but regardless, I do think that's that. That's at least my thought. Uh, Swer, stri- Swerve in our glory versus the acclaimed. Uh, I, it's Swerve in our glory all day, every day. I love the acclaimed, but this is a good defense for Keith Lee and Swerve. They ain't no killers. I said it already. They're yep. no killers. Swerve in our glory. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Jr.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the acclaim, and on top of that, I'm gonna throw another bold prediction: Swerve is going to turn on Keith Lee after the match. All right, all right. Bold prediction, sure to go wrong.
0: Also, um, I will say before we get to the uh, the 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 other the like what the who we think are gonna be in the trios match as well, like the trios finals as well. We also have to say uh, Eddie Kingston versus Tomohiro Ishii was announced uh, late tonight uh, when we we're recording this uh, for zero hour. We now running uh, instead of the buy-in, it's now zero hour uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Eddie Kingston. Um, and I will say first, I think Ishii wins just because I think if, if this is going to be viewed as like a punishment for Eddie Kingston for his drama that happened backstage, I, I just think Ishii wins, honestly. Maybe that's just me, but uh, I'll pass it off to you guys since I wanted to mention that real quick.
2: How you going? Uh, how are you going to punish him by giving him a better match
0: than the match? Before? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't. Know. I, I mean,
2: I love Sammy, love Sammy, but if you're just asking based on my taste of matches, like, hey, would you rather watch? Uh, Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara, really good match? Or would you rather watch two killers try to kill each other? Tomohiro Ishii and Eddie Kingston slapping the shit out of each other, chopping each other, headbutting each other. Which match would you rather see? Hmm, it's not really a tough decision for me. Last year I saw, I believe it all out, it was Eddie Kingston versus Miro, and it slapped. It was great. It, it, it was a banger, and they just beat the shit out of each other for 10 minutes. That's all I want from this match. I don't need a 30-minute classic. I don't need a five-star match. I just want two men bumping meat. I would claim big men, but they fight like big men, but they're, you know, kind of small. Uh, bumping meat, let's go. I'm like, man, I'm so excited about this match. They announced this match. You would have thought they, you know, announced the main event. I was like, I get, I get to watch Eddie Kingston and tomorrow here. You should beat the shit out of each other. Let's go.
0: Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, JR, JR... I'm sorry.
2: Go ahead. I stepped on you. Uh, go ahead.
1: Uh, no, I'm going to say I win because I can see a hot spike.
0: I can see big, mean, mess, up me. Mm-hmm. All right. And then uh, since I don't think it'll be, it will be we'll be able to say what the casino ladder match is because it's going to be tough to be able to just put in, like, five or six people for that match. Uh, who do we think are the final teams for the World Trios Titles Tournament and who wins it? Um, obviously, I think uh, the Elite will be on one side of it. And then I think on the other end, uh, who's on the other end of the show as well? I, uh, of the, it'll of the it'll bracket. be either the Dark Order or the
2: Best Friends.
0: Okay. Uh, I would say Dark Order, just to give it a little bit more of uh, like the the Elite and uh, having Hangman in their corner and... and having the controversy there. So I would say Dark Order and the Elite are the finals and then the Elite win it.
2: Uh JR will let you go first.
1: Um God, this is so tough because like from the beginning I kind of I was like man, I can totally see Tony Khan putting the belts on the best friends but at the same time like someone had brought up like well, it kind of makes sense for there to be like Dark Order versus the Elite because Hangman, and I'm just kind of torn. So I'm I I'm gonna go with uh, and for this reason, there's a reason why, um, and I'll give you this prediction. Also, I'm gonna go with Dark Order versus the Elite. And I'm gonna add in two bold predictions because I'm I have to be extra. I think um, I don't know what you would call them, but I'll just say Cold Red Dragon will cost the elite the match at all out, which would be dark order to winning and becoming trios champion. But to segue, cause you didn't ask for us, but again, I got to be extra. I think orange Cassidy is going to be in the casino battle uh, ladder match and win the casino ladder match.
0: Okay.
2: All right. So you were close to what I was going to say. J. I thought you were going to step on my line. I saw it immediately. Friday. When uh, when uh, Ten comes out with a big knee brace and he sells the knee in the match, the Dark Order is going to beat is going to beat the best friends. But it's going to be announced that Ten is too injured to continue, and the Hangman Adam Page is going to take his place, and it will be Reynolds Silver and Hangman versus the Elite at All Out for the first ever uh, six-man champion. And I think Hangman and the Dark Order are your first ever six-man tag champs. And I, bold prediction, not even (laughs) announcing who was out there, I'm taking Darby Allen to win the ladder match.
0: Yeah, I'll pick that too, honestly. Darby seems like a safe bet, I think. But yes,
2: Hangman. I don't know if y'all saw that on the internet. I I, I saw it since Friday, and I've been like... Hold on to it. Don't share it. And then, yeah, no. I think Hangman's gonna end up being it all out in a match, which is not shocking at all once you put it, you know, once I put it together.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that will close things out for all things elite. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, we we got them all. We got
2: all the things that were elite in this show.
0: And then the one thing that was incredibly not elite. So, Yeah. This was the most painful experience of my life. I just want you people to know that. So appreciate you putting up with my despicable mood. And if you didn't, uh, go fuck yourself. Because I'm not in the mood to please anybody at this point. Uh, Fix CM Punk now. I will say it every show until they do. Fix CM Punk now. That will be my fucking catchphrase at this point, I guess. Uh JR, thank you for being on the show. Appreciate you having hey, me. I just want to you.
1: know I feel like I deserve a medal because all of us were in Las Vegas at double or nothing and you were taking victory laps around me with CM Punk being hangman, and I have not once taken any sort of bloating on this one. I'm just saying,
0: well cuz you realize how fucking messed up it was. If, look, if CM Punk lost the title to John Moxley in a match in a, in a in a 15, 20 minute, 30 minute match or whatnot like that, I would be disappointed. I'd be mad, but I wouldn't be as furious as I am with fucking three minutes. I think you, smarting smart enough because you're a smart guy and you're an understandable man. Look, CM Punk went to war with Hangman Page. He fucked up the buckshot lariat, but still won the match. Like, look, I, I'm fair to call spade a spade. It's absolutely the case, and I went that way because you were the one that were gonna that was railing me about how Punk was gonna lose. So I just I turnabout fair play and i appreciate you not stooping to low levels i think that's fair to give you a, give you a little bit of a appreciation for that because i think you truly see how fucked up this is as do as do i as do i think most fans because if you're out here being like that was the right decision you're wrong you're just straight up wrong and the only way that it's the right decision is if cm punk comes back turns heel and then wins the title back that's the only way that it's fixed it's that simple. Just
1: because I love you, brother, that's why. All right.
0: Appreciate, appreciate it. Well, yeah. Follow the show. Listen to us on Google, or Apple Podcast. Share us around. Give us a rating and a review. Whatever you wish. We are at TAT Elite Pod on Twitter. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Give all their shows a lesson. I am at Austin Sumwoods. You know how to spell it at this point. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And Jr. is at Lucha Lucha Professor. And at the most negative that I've ever been, I will let the true proclivity of positivity himself, Floyd Johnson Jr., he can close us out on the show. Fix CM Punk, you fucks. So, I knew my friend Austin, some
2: Weasley, as I like to call him, was going to be in not a great mood. So, I saved this for the end, so maybe, just maybe, I can put a smile on his face before we get off the phone today. My friend, Noah, was out today, and he was out at the store, and he sent me a picture of something. And I said, buy it immediately. That belongs to Austin. Austin, well, you will be receiving in the mail when I get back, you are now the proud owner of the Walmart exclusive CM Punk.
0: I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. I love that you did that, too, because literally today, I'm not even joking, I pre-ordered the ringside exclusive first dance CM Punk that comes in the ice cream bar shaped uh, case. I, I pre-ordered that. So I appreciate that you also got me the Walmart exclusive one, too. I will now have two CM Punk figures. I'm very happy that you did that for me, my friend. I appreciate you. I love you. Genuinely getting getting kayfabe and everything out of it, like with me being my pouty bitchy self (laughs) i really appreciate that man genuinely thank you so much yes
2: and i saved this i didn't even tell jr because i was like i'm gonna save it to the end of the show because i knew my buddy was gonna be in a foul mood today so particularly proclivity for positivity we reign on we stay undefeated but yes this is going to be an amazing weekend of the show nxt has a major card wwe has a major card you get rampage. You get, uh, you get, uh, and you get all out. And while all else is going, you get my undefeated Florida State Seminoles taking on LSU, which hopefully, you know, they can win. But I doubt it. But whatever. But you get a lot of wrestling this weekend. And there's a UFC show, according to JR. Uh, so you get a lot of fighting this week. It's a lot of people, a lot of men in various little clothing beating on each other. And it's going to be fun. And so I'm just gonna say, watch it, enjoy it, love it all. It's okay to like it all. It's okay to like none of it. It's okay to like just parts of it. Just please, please don't shit on what everybody else likes. Just don't let them let them be. You know, unless they're getting in your face, you can you you can break them down if they're getting in your face. But if everybody just likes what they like. The world would be a better place. I appreciate one of my closest friends in the world, Jr. It is so funny. I, I talk about him all the time. Wrestling brought me, brought him into my life. And it's just like, dude, I talk to him literally more than I talk to my wife. So I thank Jr. for being on the show. This is staying up way past his bedtime. He would have been asleep two hours ago. I thank Austin for being on the show up way past his bedtime because this was very much a longer show than we normally do and i thank you all for listening i appreciate you have a great labor day weekend have fun love your family tell all the people around you love you you love them and with that i will leave you the way i always leave you whether it is home work or school always do your best to be you <music>